At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio. This is Up on Game. Caught by Hushmanzada for the touchdown. This is the show for you. Lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. LeVar Arrington. With LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plaxico Burris. TJ, I love the way you break the game down. LA, man, you were drafted by my squad, number two overall, 99. And Plax, man, you were a 757 product. And everybody knew who Plax was growing up around here, man. Three of the best to ever do it on and off the field. Live from the TireRack.com studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Pro Bowlers LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion Plaxico Burris. Man, welcome back in up on game, the second hour. Plexico Burris, I'm TJ Houston Zada. And we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Second hour, a lot of football delve into a little, little college football, but we'll stay in the professional ranks the majority of the hour and get to some college football later in the show. A lot of eyes will be on one Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in Denver. Seen the first action of them together last night, and it was kind of, I was surprised. And I say I was surprised because Russell Wilson, who's been in the NFL for quite a while, um, over a decade, and he played – like, you normally don't see guys that have played that long in the league and been a starter since a rookie play that much in a preseason game. doesn't matter if it's a new head coach or not. And I I thought Russ played well. I know they better figure out that offensive line because I know they played the Arizona Cardinals, and I haven't heard many say that the Arizona Cardinals defensive line – um, was the next coming of the Chicago Bears 85 team or 
the, the 49ers of years past and now, they had Russell Wilson under pressure the whole game. I mean, it, it was – they got to get that figured out. But if, if you're Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, uh, fans of the Broncos, what's your takes? Are you in, encouraged, uh, discouraged, or you would like to see more? Because I mean, he, did, he didn't play bad. Russell Wilson was – he was solid, but again, he didn't have the protection. He was hit a lot. Seven for 13, 93 yards, but he, he did throw a touchdown to uh, Jerry Judy. Um, I'm looking for Rus- I'm looking for the, the old Russell Wilson to reemerge is what I'm looking for. You think we'll ever see that? Um, I will. Um, I, I, I believe that him playing in the Daniel Hackett system last year, it was kind of a shock to his system. Um, I, I was just, you know, watching some of the games that he was playing last year, and guys were literally standing like five, ten yards in front of him, and they were wide open. And, but he, he was throwing the ball elsewhere outside, so that showed me that he hadn't grasped the concept of the offense. And I just think uh, him learning a new offense, which he is again this year, learning a new offense last year, when you're in an offense for so long, you kind of it just becomes like breathing. It becomes a nature. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And from a quarterback standpoint, to go from different terminology to a new team and to a new offense, new offensive coordinator, and being able to try to put that all together under duress, uh, playing the quarterback position, which is which is the hardest position to play in any professional sport. He just, he just, he looked like a duck out of water, and I'm saying to myself that you know they they, they made uh, Nathaniel Hackett a scapegoat because I don't believe that he was a great fit for him uh, in Denver teaming up with Russell, but I just think that, that that we call Sean Payton the quarterback whisperer, and and I think that it's, if it's any coach offensively from a quarterback standpoint that can get anybody, uh, even a Russell Wilson back. To looking a version of a version of himself a few years ago, it is Sean Payton, and I believe you know he'll be tough on him, and he would expect nothing but Russell Wilson to come in the building every day, continue continuously to work hard and to get better and to lead this team, and to put a productive product out on a football field on Sundays because last year it was absolutely terrible. I've never seen Russell Wilson even look like that ever so I think that he'll be better Sean Payton will make him better but that is in a tough division man I mean look at the quarterbacks of this division uh, with uh, you know uh, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert I think they're still going to be the third best team in the division but they will win more than five games that they won last year just due to the simple fact that Sean Payton is now the head coach yeah, Sean Payton is, is a great – when Sean Payton has shown he can win with so many different style of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you think Sean Payton, you think Drew Brees. He won with Drew Brees, and they won big, won a Super Bowl, had a lot of success in New Orleans. Okay, Drew Brees goes, oh, let, let me get Jameis Winston. I'm going to win with Jameis. He won with Jameis. Uh, okay, let me get Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to win with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, let me get Taysom Hill. I'm going to win with Taysom Hill. And the last three guys, 
nobody would put those guys in the same category as Russell Wilson. So if Sean Payton can win with Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and Taysom Hill, if he cannot win with Russell Wilson, this won't go on Sean Payton. This will all be on Russell Wilson. And I believe that's why he played so much in the preseason last night is just get a feel for the offense. Uh, Let's get your timing. Let's just – Putting out the plays in the huddle, saying the plays in the huddle, making sure it's smooth, you're comfortable, because it's just rare you see a guy of Russell Wilson's accomplishments and stature play this long in the first preseason game. And when we played Plex, everybody played the preseason. This is a different era. Starters don't play in the preseason much anymore unless right. you have an old-school coach like a Sean Payton, a Belichick, and Andy Reid type. These new coaches, man, starters ain't playing at all. They don't even play us. They don't even suit up. And so this will all be on Russell Wilson because Sean Payton has shown I can do it with any type of quarterback. It doesn't matter. And I believe, again, Russell Wilson playing these preseason games is to get him feeling comfortable in game speed under what Sean Payton wants to get accomplished. But and again, it wasn't a bad game. But he's going to have to be better because you play the Chiefs, you got to score points. Mm-hmm. You play the Chargers, you got to score points because we assume those offenses are going to score points and you got to be able to keep up with them. So I'm optimistic that it will work because there's just no way Russell Wilson was as good as he was in Seattle and he was just that bad last year. You got to give. Pete Carroll, a ton of credit. The way Russell looked with Seattle, the way Geno looked last year, and then the way Russell looked last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to, I mean, the common denominator is Pete Carroll wasn't with him and Pete Carroll was with Geno. It's, it's, you have to give him his credit that he knew his players' deficiencies, but he played to, their strengths. He knew his weaknesses, but he played to his strengths, and we didn't really – like, people were saying Russell Wilson was a surefire Hall of Famer. <clears throat> I don't know if that's the case now, unless for, he can for, get for, back for on track. One bad season? It wasn't one bad season. It was like, whoa. <laughs> like, because Russell Wilson is not just going to play one bad season – if he can't turn this around, it'd be multiple. And then it would be what everybody was saying. Oh, man, the Legion of Boom carried that. What his teammates were saying, they gave him too much credit. Oh, we should have handed it to Marshawn. No, we went too soon. No. That, that's going to be the narrative. And so I, if, if Russell Wilson does not turn it around with Sean Payton, he might have cost himself a chance at the Hall of Fame because of that. Yeah, and, I, I, I think he, he still has some more time, though. I don't think that that we can just put him in a box and say, "Was he a Hall of Famer before he went to Denver?" That's the question that needs to be asked. But you know how this thing works. He, I, I would say he was, but when you fall off that fast, I mean, I think Chad should be in the Hall of Fame, but he ain't. He don't even make the finalists. 
Chad was one of the top three receivers in the league for five or six years. Straight. Yeah, but look at And he can't even be a finalist because when he went to New England, it was like, wait, 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 what is this? Do you see the wait list that's in front of him getting off getting off topic? We way off to we hey we've been taking tangents <laughs> all day, so we're gonna take another one. Bruh, you could see the wait list in front of him, but all those guys that's in front of him, uh, were they a top three receiver at any point in their career for five or six years straight? I say no. Uh, Reggie, I say uh, no. R- Reggie, Andre, and T. Hope. Were they top three receivers for six it, years it straight? Doesn't, it doesn't go that way. I'm uh, just saying yeah. that this is the Hall of Fame. Now, Andre Johnson, he should be in the Hall of Fame, bro. No Reggie question. Wayne. Reggie Wayne has a great case to be in the Hall of Fame. Reggie Wayne 1,400 has a, receptions, 14,000 yards. Cause. Plex, Reggie Wayne can play, but you got to understand – when Reggie Wayne, uh, I don't. Mar- at, Marvin is in with less. I don't, I don't. I don't look at the numbers because his numbers is there. You can't go off the numbers with Reggie. Reggie Wayne. I think he played 16 years. You can't go off numbers with Reggie Wayne because th- those are there. I go off of and Reggie. I think is going to get in and he should be in. I will say. Let me say that. What about T. Hope? That's another thing, and I didn't know this until you know you start doing a lot of TV plex. T. Hope is part of an offense that kind of changed the way the NFL started playing offenses. T. Holt was a six-time Pro Bowler. They say he was alternate four of those six or three of those six, some of that nature. So now the kind of thing is like, whoa. But you, when you play – how many years you played? 12, right, Plex? Yeah. When you played 13, 14, 15 years, your numbers are going to be – Oh, Steve Smith. He played 15, 16 years. When yeah. you play that long, you're going to have the numbers because they're not letting you play that long if you're not playing. So your right. Chad played 11 years. And from 2002 to 2007, he was a top five receiver every single year that I just named, 2002 to 2007. None of those guys that we just spoke of can say that. None of them. Not one of them. Dre Johnson. Maybe no Andre Johnson. Dre Johnson, definitely. Yeah, maybe Dre. Yep, he the only one. Nobody else on that list was a top five receiver in the league that period of time. So if you were consistently that good, you got to get in. Right. That's That's just my criteria. Now, my criteria obviously isn't the criteria that they go by. But that's mine. And back to Russell, um, <laughs> he going to have to show that he can play without Pete Carroll as his head coach and running the ball and defense. And he's going to have to show that because last year was so – and you can say it was Nathaniel Hackett. But Aaron Rodgers plays great with Nathaniel Hackett. Or is just Aaron Rodgers just head and shoulders better than Ooh. Russell Wilson. I mean, there's just so many ways you can go about this. But – I will say this, Sean Payton, if you can't get it done with him, it's tough. But, yeah, hey, for y'all that are listening, we keep going off on we making right turns and left turns. But, hey, if a topic takes us there, that's where we go. But these Hall of Fame uh, conversations, I enjoy them because I feel guys, and obviously I'm biased to guys that I played with, and I think everybody is. I think Corey Dillon should be in. He won a Super Bowl. Um, was a monster. He just he hadn't been given his just due. 
Willie Anderson should be in. As you see, I'm going with guys that I play with the Bengals. Those three guys should be in. But Chad, to me, is a no-brainer. 2002 to 2007, look up the stats. Top five receiver every single year, those, those years. That's mm. odd. You period. That, I, I, I agree with you. I'm Hall right of Fame you. is greatness for a period of time. Five years, I think that's a good period of time. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just me. Um, again, well, we got to take a break because we keep going over. Up on game, Fox Sports Radio, uh, 46-year-old Plaxico Burris is his birthday. <laughs> I'm right, but hey, I'm right, but hey, but Plax, you got to look yeah. at it this way, man. You don't look 46. I'm about to be it. I don't look 46. So, hey, yeah, back baby. in the day, back no in doubt. the day, it don't no matter. Doubt. We look good. Up on game, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, LeVar, hope you're enjoying your day. Baby boy, we hold it down for you. We'll be right back. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, the think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter, right? If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Track your picks and play against others for a shot to win huge cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code UPONGAME for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code UPONGAME only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, rest Ooh. in peace, Nate Dog. Welcome back in Up On Game, live from the Tyrac.com studios. I'm TJ Hushanzada alongside Mr. Plaxico Burris. Our second grand winner will be drawn this Sunday when they set a four brand new tires in the summer of tire rack sweepstakes. The winner will receive a set of four tires plus installation, taxes, and fees valued at up to $1,500. Enter now at foxsportsradio.com and you can enter on Sunday as well. Every single day you get a fresh new entry and an additional shot to win. So to answer and get rules, visit foxsportsradio.com, sponsored by TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Plex, I don't know what's going on with today's player, and I hate to say that, like, they just so different, but the coaching, I believe the seven-on-seven, everybody wants to win. These kids get pampered uh, along the way, and these kids – in turn, turn up to they grow up to be grown men, and you're just used to having your butt kiss, having all coaches your entire life kiss your butt, and then you get a hard nosed coach like Eric Bieniemy, and they like, hey, 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 Coach Rivera, he kind of mean to us. I don't like this. <laughs> What's your take on just like why would Ron Rivera say that publicly? Is it to admonish his players, or is it to tell Bieniemy, you know, pull back a little bit? Well, first of all, Ron Rivera hired him. So he knew what he was bringing to the organization in the office of coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. And, you know, there has been, you know, discussions of how Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy coaches his players and his offense. Obviously, we heard some things come out with Deshaun McCoy and, you know, how he talks to guys and, and how he coaches and his approach. And I agree with you 100%. Uh, when I came into the league, you know, my first head coach was, was Bill Cowher. And he was as as tough as a head coach on you from a football standpoint because he wanted to get nothing but the best out of you for the team. And – like you understood that the way he went about his job because he went about it in a manner that you knew from a personal standpoint from every player that lined up on that team 
in all three phases, offensive, defensive, and special teams, that he was actually like teaching you the game of football. And if it came off to you uh, rather harsh, then you had to deal with it. And and you loved that in him because you knew like there was no drop off. When the whistle blew and we were out of practice, man, he was the, he was the nicest man that you had ever met in your life. But on the football field, as far as him coaching and wanting to get the best out of you for the team and you personally to make the team better, you understood that. And that is what has gone away from the younger generation as players. You know, with everything that has happened, we, 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 we've been fighting for these guys to get paid. Now they get NIL deals and they're making substantial amounts of money in college now before they even get to the pros. So they are getting their ass kissed in college and going to the pros. They think it's going to be sweet. So now you run into a coach like Eric Bieniemy, and now he's, you know, he's a he's hard-nosed and he's getting on you about the job that you're supposed to be doing and perfecting your craft. And now the coaches are going to the head coach, yo, man, what's going on with Eric Bieniemy? Well, you know what? Eric Bieniemy is proven as an offensive coordinator. Look at what he has done in Kansas City. Everybody said, oh, this Patrick Mahomes and this Andy Reid. No, this man was actually the play caller for this offense. I mean, let, let, let's give this man the, the respect that he deserves as an offensive coordinator. But I, I think that he will, off, uh, offensively for Washington, they will turn it around, and he will continue to be him. Like he said, he said, I'm not going to change. I'm going to coach guys hard to re- to let them realize and recognize who they are as players to make this offensive team better. I'm not here to be nobody's friends. I'm here to do a job. And the young guys have a problem with it. I love it because when you go to practice every day as a player and you know that the coach, he doesn't have an off switch when he's on the football field coaching, you have to bring your best to practice every day. Otherwise, you're going to be – he's going to talk – to you in front of the team and let everybody know that you are not doing your job to the fullest of your ability. And that is what these young players have are missing these days in college going to the professional level because now it's just, you know what I mean? You come into the league, it's all right, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the bag, I'm trying to play a few years, whatever, whatever. And that is what the new generation is. But for what Eric Benjamin is doing as a uh, as the offensive coordinator in Washington, and the players have a problem with it, I love it because he's pushing them, and it makes them uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable as a player if you want to continue to get better. You know what I don't like, Plex, is the fact that they went to Ron Rivera. Like, really, bro? You gonna go to yeah. Ron Rivera if you feel this way? Why can't you go to be enemy yourself? Like, be a man. We all men here. Yeah, he's the coach. Be a man and go handle it yourself. Why do you go to the head coach? Because he's coaching me too hard. He's yelling at me. No, man. Like, we come from an era when coaches, all they did was yell at you. So we were used to that. And I get today's player. They're not used to that. But we are all men. You should not have to go to the head coach. You should go straight mm-hmm. to the enemy's office, 
in the same thing that you said to Coach Ron Rivera, you should say to the enemy. I don't, I don't respond well to all the yelling or whatever it may be that he's doing that they don't like. Right. Take that up with the man that's doing it instead of going to somebody else. That's the only thing that bothers me. Today's player is different. You, you, you can't coach them the same way we got coached. I get that. They're not used to that. But mm-hmm. you do not and you should not go behind his back and tell the head coach, but you should take that up with him. But I don't know what Ron Rivera gets out of saying this publicly. Is he trying to shame his players and say toughen up? Because Ron Rivera comes from that era of he got coached hard. I'm sure he coaches hard. Doesn't seem like he's much of a yeller, but I'm sure he got it coming up. That's just what we got. Yeah, with that being said, I don't think Ron Rivera would have hired Eric, Eric Benemy Eric if he didn't know this about him. Look at the two different cultures of where he was and where he's at now. In Kansas City, you didn't hear not one single player saying nah. that, that Eric Benemy was yelling or screaming or coaching him too hard uh, in Kansas City. But But look at what they've accomplished. Now you go to Washington, where the coach where, where the coach is, is is in complete disarray of an organization trying to put a a product on the, on the football field that can compete on Sundays. And now look look at what these players are saying. That is that that that, that is the first red flag to me. That's what I don't the, like. Yeah, that's what I don't like is if you're part of that offensive unit in Washington and the lack of success that you've had as an offense, because the defense right. has been pretty solid in Washington. Yep. The lack of success that you've had as an offense, that you really have the nerve to go complain to the head coach because you're being coached too hard or he's yelling too much. Mm-hmm. I don't even want those guys on my team because you're showing me that you're not trying to push yourself past a certain limit or you can't take it. So I don't know who these players are. Um, are they your main players on the team? You really rely on them. It's really nothing you can do. But I, I'm with you, Ron. They need that. That offense needs that tough love, that kicking and you know what to get going. But to complain about it. I'm like, wow, I wish I knew who the players were. Um, Ron Rivera does. And those players better be really good because they won't be in Washington long. Uh, they they won't be. Nobody will be in Washington long after this season. Well, if they don't win, obviously <laughs> it's going to be a whole new regime. And, and that's mean, why you need I'm, to change the entire culture. I mean, And if it honest. starts with coaching them hard, then it starts with coaching them hard. Deal you with know, it. it. It's unfortunate that they put that – uh, Eric Benemy is, is is in this situation that he's in because I think moving forward, Washington knows that they're our worst team in the division. And Kansas City will do well. They will play well, obviously, because of, you know, Patrick Mahomes as being the best player in, in, in football. And Eric Benemy takes a job where Daniel Schneider's fired. Josh Harris has gone on a record to say, oh, there will be changes in Washington. And they're not going to win this year just because 
of the division that they're in. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be the worst team in the division. And everybody's going to be, say, be saying the same thing. What did I tell you about Eric Bieniemy? Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid made him. And he's is going to be put in a tough position after this year if they don't win with Josh Harris and the new ownership wanting to move on and forward from Ron Rivera. What's that, once that happens, Eric Bieniemy will be out of a job. And it's just an unfortunate situation for him moving forward. I, he, he knows it, and I think everybody everybody knows it that Washington is not a good football team. Hey, Eric, and they won't be this betting year. on himself. And I know at this he, point, I, I at, know this point at this point, he hasn't been given an opportunity, so I did, he has no other choice but to bet on himself. Um, wish him the best, but y'all boys in Washington, y'all y'all got to shape up, and we got to get the eye low with this trending. I know. We got two preseason games going on right now to tell really? you about. The Buffalo Bills fellas have a 7-0 lead over the Indianapolis Colts with six minutes left to play in the first quarter. Colts rookie number four overall draft pick Anthony Richardson got the start. He completed his first two passes. His third pass intercepted by Buffalo's Dane Jackson, who returned it 20 yards to the Colt 13-yard line. The Bills scored two plays later on an eight-yard touchdown run by James Cook. Right now, Richardson three out of five for 18 yards one other note about this game we're happy to say damar hamlin back on the field as we speak for the buffalo bills meanwhile at soldier field chicago the bears and tennessee titans tied at seven with 217 left to play in the first quarter tennessee got on the board first on a two-yard touchdown run by quarterback malik willis but then the bears came back on a 62-yard touchdown pass from justin fields to dj moore how about that? So Fields, 2 of 2 for 73 yards. Of course, 62 coming on that touchdown. A couple of injuries to tell you about. ESPN reporting today, Cleveland Browns linebacker Jacob Phillips suffered a torn pectoral muscle Ooh. in last night's preseason game against Washington. Yeah, going to be out for the season. NFL media reports Green Bay Packers tight end and core special teamer Tyler Davis tore his ACL during last night's preseason game at Cincinnati. One Major League Baseball game going on right now. Now it's game one of a doubleheader. The Atlanta Braves, a 1-0 lead against the Mets at City Field in the bottom half of the first inning. Fellas, back to you. Man, hey, Plex, you said on the show, and I'm then done. bam, bomb, DJ Moore, that number one receiver. Oh, guys, guys, I got something else to tell you. Just happened seconds ago in Chicago. The Bears just struck again. This time, a 56-yard touchdown pass from Fields to Khalil Herbert. So, Fields is three for three, 129 and two touchdowns. I'm telling you. Hey! Hey, see, when we say some things on the show, it's coming. We, when he says some things on the show and then bam. Right. Do not be alarmed if Justin Fields has one of these great seasons that we didn't see coming. I just, hey, Something just telling me that this boy is going to take a leap, man, and that's going to be huge. Hey, you know what's so crazy, man, that football is such a team sport, man, because – you give a quarterback some weapons, and then he he really looked like he can quarterback. Oh yeah, he don't have no weapons. It's just like oh hey uh what what uh. that, that's oh, why football is the ultimate team sport, man. You need eleven guys all doing their job, but you got <laughs> some of those eleven that can really do their job. Right. 
You shine. And I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown had Ryan Tannehill looking like he could play quarterback, too. <laughs> and ever since, those, <laughs> ever since those guys departed in Nashville, he ain't been looking the same. So hey. I, I, I understand it, and you know what it is, too. 100% man receivers and they're getting their due now when we were playing it, it was a few but if you don't have no receivers I don't care who the quarterback is you in trouble <laughs> and hey Justin Fields keep balling DJ Moore came to Chicago in that trade and I guarantee everybody in Chicago is like they pounding their chests silently like yes 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 and we gotta go to this because I don't. I don't know if you heard of this. Is my first time hearing about this plex uh, recently. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said, "Had they made the Super Bowl, they were going to sign Philip Rivers to be the quarterback." Did you hear that? I heard that. Bru- we got the sound for Shanahan. Let's hear it from the man himself. He was prepared to. Yeah. Now, the stuff we talked about throughout the whole year. You know, we would have had to seen how that was for the Super Bowl, but that was the plan most of the year. Mm. Now, for you the know most of the cra- year, uh, that's crazy. This is a crazy part about that because we know Purdy was hurt. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G has come out and said, "I did not have surgery because I was playing in the Super Bowl." How would that have turned out? Is Jimmy G playing in the Super Bowl or is Philip Rivers playing in the Super Bowl? I- Man, these teams and organizations be making plans behind the scenes. That's crazy. I wish, I really wish that the 49ers now would (laughs) have made it because I just wanted to see how that would have panned out, how that would have played out. How would Fuller Rivers have played? Would the game have been different? Would Jimmy G have played? Like, there's just so many different variables. But what do you think about Shanahan just coming out saying it? I mean, moving forward, I think they – it's crazy that they had a plan moving forward that to get to the Super Bowl that Phillip Rivers would be the starting quarterback in this game. Like, when did you start making this uh, decision or plan, putting putting this plan together? Because Brock Purdy didn't get hurt until the NFC uh, uh, divisional game. So – I'm just confused of how that even came into the realm or their minds of, of a decision-making process that if we get to the Super Bowl, even though we have Brock Purdy's playing well, he wasn't injured at the time because he said they, they had came up with this plan for some time. Then you have Jimmy G on the roster, and he didn't get surgery because he's going to play in the Super Bowl. But on the back burner, you got Phillip Rivers, who hasn't played in a year and a half, uh, because he retired the year before, you got to think that the season ended in January of what, not this year, but last year. The Super Bowl is 13 months later. What would he have looked like, like not playing in a year? And he was coaching high school football at the time, but you had a plan for Phillip Rivers to come play quarterback. I just don't understand how you come up with that. And Brock Purdy was, what, 7-0 and at the time, and he wasn't even injured. But you had Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers coming off the bench at home. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Hey, they must have sent Phillip that good old playbook. You know they sent them the playbook. Wow. You know they sent them the playbook. And just kind of get 
a little understanding of this terminology. And, oh, man, it's really crazy. Obviously, we didn't get to see it. Phillip Rivers is probably done um, unless something like this arises again. But I would have loved to have seen him go straight from the sidelines coaching <laughs> and straight on the field to playing just – and, I mean, Phillip Rivers one of the best quarterbacks of our generation and, and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And you know what? Uh, Antonio Cromartie brought this to my attention the other day. It has been done before. And what player has has done that, that the, that the coach picked up a player, he came in for the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl? Who was that? I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle. See, I'm you know when you said that, I'm thinking offense. I'm like, what yep. offensive player? Sean McVay. And it was very very recent too, Eric Weddle. Yeah, it was like two years three years ago. He was at home, living in California. He had retired from Baltimore the year before, hadn't played football the whole season, and he called him up for the Super Bowl and Eric Weddle went out went, went out there and got him another ring. He got two championship rings with Baltimore and um, the, the See, it the always happens. You very rarely see it happen on the defensive side of the ball. It's always a quarterback, but Eric Weddle. And he, he played a big factor. Yeah, and you know from a coaching standpoint, if you paid against Eric, you know that he's, he's going to be in halfway decent shape because he was just one of those guys that trained crazy in the offseason. And he, he, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get out of shape and Sean McVay picked up the phone and called him. He played the Super Bowl and won a ring. That's Man, beautiful. That's, yeah, I would have loved to have seen it with Phillip Rivers. It didn't happen. 49ers didn't make it. But, man, that would have been a great story. We got to take a break. Up on game. Plexico Burris. I'm TJ Hushmanzada. To the people that are listening, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every weekend. Take care. Fox Sports Radio. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. First touch for DJ Moore. They use him in a ton of ways in Carolina. This was one of them. And there he goes. Goodbye, touchdown. Welcome to Chicago, DJ Moore. That was the Bears Television Network. That was our progressive player today, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. And welcome back in up on Game Live from the TireRack.com studios. I'm TJ Hushman's out alongside Plex. His birthday, Burris. Um, Before we go, man, what is going on with this college football and no more Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-4? So Stanford and Cal tries to get in the ACC, and I believe it was Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, NC State. Those four ACC schools, nah, we don't want you in it. Those four schools said, nah, Cal and Stanford, we don't want you in our conference. What, What do you make of all this going on in college football? You know what? Uh, when I heard it, the first thing that jumped out to me was the travel. I think that was a no-go for the ACC because look at where teams from Oregon and Stanford have to travel to like every other week. That East Coast, West Coast trip um, is easily going to be six or seven East and West Coast trips for either the ACC team or Stanford and Oregon. So I don't I didn't I didn't understand that from a, you know, traveling standpoint. But I think that when UCLA and USC left the Pac ten, I call it the Pac ten because yeah. you know, I'm 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 a We uh, old school what, with it. Yeah, we we old school with it. When they left, it hurt the conference because those are the two Powerhouse teams that are associated. Hey Plex, you know what's so crazy? Let me cut 10. you off real quick. Yeah. After SC and UCLA left, ESPN offered the Pac <laughs> Twin Commissioner thirty million dollars per team per year. You know this dummy said no. Continue. He said no. Yeah. SC yeah. and UCLA left, and that, then and, they were and, still offered thirty million per team per year, and he right. said no. How do these people get in the position they're in? And they don't. They might have great sense in the world, but they don't have common sense. Man, listen, I'm an East Coast guy. I'm from Virginia, but when USC and UCLA played, when I when I was growing up, I was watching that football game. It was almost the the Miami Florida State rivalry that they had going on that I was even cognizant of as a young kid growing up. So when they left the, the conference, that hurt them. And you look at. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma, they have left the Big 12 to go to the to the SEC. And now that has hurt their conference because those are two of the powerhouse teams that, that have left. So I don't know what's going to happen from a conference standpoint with the Big 12 and the Pac-10. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but clearly the best conference in football is the Big 10. I don't like what's going on. Incompetence at its finest with the commissioners in the Pac-10, Pac-12. Figure it out. 
up on game. Fox Sports Radio. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Appreciate y'all tuning in with us. We out. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.